spidey senses tingling. Hello. Boo, Richard. Hey, yo. Paper keg. Episode one. Num- paper keg number one, I could say. Yeah? Well, are you on? What's happening right now? We don't even need that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. Yeah. Just the kind of amateur shit you've come to know from the Cosmic Podcast. Jonesy is cursing 30 seconds into the show already. He's hammered. Welcome to volume two of the newly renamed Comics Podcast, Absolutely. a.k.a. Paper Keg. I swear we're not amateurs. We have done this before, right, Slim? That is Mark Farrington is here, DC historian. A.K.A. Has, has graced us with his presence today. Hello, hello. Uh, we are in the house of Dale underscore A. He's here. I, I put his mic back up. Welcome, everybody. It's a pleasure to be Thank here. Thank you for Stay taking underscore A manner. Uh, and that drunkard you hear <laughs> is jonesylovesbeer.com. Check him Hi-o. out. Hi-o! Uh, writer. Honeymooner. That's all I have for Jonesy. <laughs> We were just, uh, against better judgment, we watched an episode of the Flash TV series, mm, mm. and we played awesome. the, the Flash drinking game. Yeah, it was bad. That was painful. Third Science, our, uh... Check it out. Just Google yeah. Flash drinking game, and you'll find the, the rules. Flash TV drinking game. So, so if anybody out there wants to make the old CBS Flash sitcom show interesting, try watching that for a half hour with alcohol. That was painful. Good luck. So, yeah, this is the, the first episode of Paper Keg, you know... Uh, we used to do a podcast called The Comics Podcast. Mm. We had to take a little break. Mm-hmm. I had a son. I got married. You got married, Farrington. I was just chilling. I, I don't know if I was just anything. Uh, Dale, what did you do during the three month hiatus? Anything spectacular? Uh, <clears throat> school. I had school, I guess. Is that gray uh, hair I see? I had a son. In your, in your hair? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Dale did in the three months. He had some gray hairs probably. Ooh, gray hair. I'm jealous. I wouldn't mind some gray hair. It's classy. So, so we also have launched a website. By the time this is on the iTunes, paperkeg.com. Check it out. Wow. You know, um, it's not going to be. It's going to be for some comic comic thoughts. You know, it's not going to be breaking news. You know, we need too out- much of that. We need an outlet to know. You know, complain to say what say what we like. You know, so there's some some cool articles on there. I'm uh, pretty excited for my first article, Paper Keg. I uh, I go talk about Bruce Tim and how he I've changed my him. life. Yeah, I've heard it. With Tim Verse, his contributions to DC Comics. Read it, folks. Paper Keg. At Jonesy Loves Beer. Check him out. He's got a comic book in the works right now. That's wow. true. What's the called again? Inherited. That's right. Inherited. With the great uh, at Fiendstuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Brad Heitmeyer, great guy. I uh, Yeah. Looking forward He's to it. He's a living legend. In my own mind. Now I'm talking about Brad. In his own mind. <laughs> So yeah, we'll, we'll get into some news. The, the show basically will be news. We'll talk about you know, God knows you need another comic podcast in your life. Absolutely. Uh, we'll we'll talk about news. We'll go around the horn. We'll talk about what we're reading. You know what we what we've been peeking into. And then we'll get into the book club book. Today's episode is Jonesy. Jonesy what's the book? Uh, this episode. Underboss. Your oh, favorite. Man. Iconic. Bendis and Malieve on Daredevil. Oh, we've been talking about it. For the last dozen episodes. I know. Long time coming. You did read all of Underboss, right? Only like a million times. Okay. I didn't pull a Dale, okay? I read the book. Uh, And then we'll get into the final segment of the show. 
It uh, will be like a letter, you know, the letters page in the comic books. We'll have, we have some people that I, I mm-hmm. threw out a temporary email address. Uh, if you want to write in, it's letters at paperkeg.com. Check it out. I was uh, not allowed to read the uh, the letters. Nobody else read them but I. Uh, d- so. Yeah, Mark, Mark uh, will be reading the letters at the end of the show, you know. Well, That's no, the only reason I read them, just we'll, to pick out a few. We'll, discuss, right. we'll discuss them, you know. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. So let's get into uh, the news, you know. Let's see uh, Amy Adams. Lois Lane, breaking news right now. It is breaking. It Even is though you'll right. be listening to this Monday morning, it's not really breaking anymore. Jonesy, your thoughts? She was in The Fighter. I like that movie. It was pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, and she was in that movie with Batman, Christian Bale. She so was. they're keeping it all in the family. Who was she in Batman? She, was, uh, she wasn't with. She was in Fighter with Batman. Oh, my fault. My <laughs> yeah. fault. I knew Batman and stopped paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in the car ride earlier when I tried to talk to Slim. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's good. So I don't. Really, I can't think of any anyone else that would. I don't know. I don't really care that much about the Superman movie. Sucker Punch looks it's, pretty. It sounds like it's getting horrible reviews. What's Terrible. the Superman cast looking like now? We've got that dude. He's playing Superman, right? Uh, Who's so that I dude? I don't know. He's he's in uh, that HBO show. Uh, they cast him. What's that show called? Glad to see we've Big done our homework prior to the show, guys. <laughs> I don't get HBO. Okay. No, we have. Uh, Kevin Costner. Robin Hood has Pa Kent. Yep, Robin, Robin Hood is playing We Pop have um, Diane Lane. Yeah. Ooh, remember that movie, right. Unfaithful? Unfaithful was Oof. one of the sexiest Smoking movies ever made. I was thinking Diane Keaton. She'd be a better... <laughs> she'd be a, what was that movie she was in? Diane Lane is hot. Diane Keaton was in that movie with Jack Nicholson, and she was she she went full frontal in that one movie. What was that called? Yeah. Something's uh, Got to Give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of yeah. the worst movies I Oof. I can think of. Who was the Joker? Henry Cavill. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Here's the guy from the Tudors. Getting a little bassy over there, Jones. You redlining. Ooh. I can, <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> um. So yeah, Sucker Punch not getting so hot reviews. You know, it looks great visually. Apparently, not great. Kind of. What do they describe as like Kill Bill meets uh, Three Hundred kind of visual style with chicks. Yeah, more or less. And, yeah. and zombie robots. It happens. Bad. Does that happen? That'll a happen. Lot? <laughs> You know, if a robot gets bitten by another zombie robot, then you know we we you know we have an infestation already. Aquaman, <sighs> Farrington, you're you're the big DC guy here. You're the DC historian. Actually, no, you're the Batman historian. Uh, Michael Mahenley is the 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 DC historian. I speak DC quite well. Not up there with. Michael He's not here though, so you're the de facto historian. All right, fire away. Uh, Johns, your boy. You you were able to speak to him at a con once. Oh, don't remind me. Oh yeah, don't remind me. I have a photograph on my Flickr. Everyone check it out. I was uh, nervous. Remind everybody what you said. Oh yeah, could you well, please? You got to keep in mind yeah. that I got to ask my question to Jeff after this. Uh, U.S. Armed Forces veteran got to tell him how much he appreciates reading his books while he was in the service, right. and all he wanted was to have Jeff sign his book. So Jeff, being the smooth, charismatic guy that he is, thanks him for his service, invites him on stage to sign his book while everybody applauds. Standing O from the crowd. This is true. And then we pan to Mark Farrington. <laughs> Jeff, um, <laughs> what do you think about Flashpoint? I was embarrassed for you. Oh, I, gosh. All I could think about was Batman Earth One. I mean, somebody wanted to ask. So. I, yeah, I think we, yeah, the collective of us that were sitting together. Yeah. Um, so G.F. Johns is like the Bendis of the DC at this point. You know, he's writing like 30 books. Uh, I right? think he's single handedly mapping DC's plot right now. What's Aquaman's plot going to be? Why would I ever want to read an Aquaman book? Dude, he lost book? his hand. That's what I heard. Well, if he survives Brightest Day now that he's lost his hand and we find out who the White Lantern is. 
He's got a whole world that needs to be rebuilt. Who's the White Lantern? We don't know Isn't yet. Is it a dead man? Dead, dead, dead man, man is carrying the ring, but right. apparently... Doesn't that make him the White Lantern? No, he's only holding it until they find this quote-unquote chosen hero who won't be a new guy who's going to be the be-all, end-all, definitive White Lantern. White I'm Lantern, say it's your thoughts? Be, it's going to be Blue Lantern. I mean, <laughs> Blue Beetle. <laughs> it's going to be Blue Lantern. Blue Beetle. Remember him? that joke. Remember that guy? I remember that guy. I liked him a lot. Got a zero, I heard. Whoa. Whoa. Where did he, come, where did he get off saying Blue Beetle? Where did that guy come from? They're just naming characters in DC that Hold I don't really care Hold on, Damian Wayne. <laughs> Isn't he hush? He could be yeah. both. In Ad Jonesy Lowe's Beer's <laughs> Mind. You know what, though? If there's anybody who can make a beanless character like Aquaman interesting, it's Jeff Johns. He's done it time and time again. Who do you think uh, is going to be? Who's going to think the artist is going to be on Aquaman? I hope it's um, Ivan Reyes. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be Ethan Van Skiver. Uh, just because he, you know, it's my guess. Thing. Ten the bucks. Time? I could see ten that. bucks. Dale I'm go with Doug, the Green Lantern guy, Doug, Doug Mankey, Mankey, Doug Mankey, Doug Mankey. I it was Monkey. We go with Finch. Does anyone really know Finch? Got there. He could. Face. <laughs> <laughs> Finch. Uh, will probably. That's on my comic list for later. Is uh, the Dark Knight. That was like five months late. Knight. Dark Knight number two. It's because he's. <laughs> What are you looking at there, Dale underscore? Just you like what you see, don't you? It's funny. <laughs> wow. So uh, it goes without saying that I probably won't be picking up Aquaman. I'll be here to talk about it. Yeah, we'll get your insights. I'll follow it. Uh, he'll be talking with whales, I assume, in the first issue. Because he can't swim. His arm's all messed up. He'll be battling, uh, you know, Japanese whalers, I think, for the first arc. Black Manta. and That's really all I can think of. Can yeah, I... that's all I've got. Does he have a rose gallery? Can I he... just... I just say, I mean, since the podcast has stopped, it's been a long time, and brightest day, still going on. Still looking for a white lantern. Like, (laughs) when are they going to end this already? That's the that's my problem with Jeff Johns. I like, and maybe it's DC, but they're milking this thing for all it's It's like twenty issues, issues, right? I thought this was an event. Twenty-four, like a six-issue bi-weekly issues. That's nuts. And it's Jeff Johns and it's DC. They're the masters of decompression. Right over there with the. Brian Michael Bendis on the other side of the fence. It doesn't sound like decompression. It's going 20-plus issues. Agreed. Am I right? Agree with me. I'll give you that. I'll Thank give you that. Thank you. You earned it. We've got Fear Itself. I think that's going to be seven issues, maybe. So let's throw one up. Should we get into Fear Itself now? With not nearly as many tie-ins Please. as Flashpoint. Let's get into Fear Itself. Still, we don't know if there's going to be some... I think there's going to be a healthy amount of Fear Itself tie-ins. This is Marvel we're talking about here. Flashpoint has, I think, they're in the double-digit number of spinoffs and minis they're at least in the 15s well i said earlier it reminded me of uh, age of apocalypse you know how the titles kind of go on hiatus and then they do another alternate reality version of the titles that's a good way to put it, it seems like the exact Is same that's thing what's happening in flashpoint it sounds like they're going reality? into an alternate timeline you know there's gonna be a different batman title where what's the storyline with that book this one's going to be uh, what the world is like without the flash I don't know what happened, but through circumstances, Barry never became the Flash. And so, basically, the world's at the brink of war. Um, I guess Superman would be the fastest man alive at that point. Superman is like an alien kept up in some Area 51 type thing. Because there was no Flash? The glue that held the DC Universe together. No, no, no. Jeff Johns is saying (laughs) that Barry Allen was the glue that held everybody together. We just watched the Flash TV show. He's in no way the glue that held anything together. (laughs) Not like not except for his huge chest muscles. Not primetime TV, that's for sure. I do. I am. Well, I read the uh, the most recent um, Flash issue where they show the the, the the biker 
that you know takes off his helmet and he tells Flash about you know something is going to happen to the space time continuum. <laughs> you got a problem with Sorry. that, Jonesy? Jonesy, we're talking about comic books, and I mentioned space time continuum, and he can't handle that. <laughs> no, continue, please. Um, I do find it hard to believe that that if there was no Flash, the entire DC universe would be completely collapse. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to judge it on the writing. Frankton is getting visibly upset. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. All I'm saying is, about I love Geoff Johns. He's feeling attacked. I do love Geoff Johns. I know you do. Look at you guys, all three sitting at me, pointing at me, laughing at I me. Am, I am sitting at you. There's no doubt about that. All I'm saying is, I will be... I hate you all. Um, so, yeah, we, which we're trying to get into uh, Fear Itself. Um, who's excited for Fear Itself? Jonesy is going to the bathroom. He literally went... We started 13 minutes ago. Give him a break. He's had two beers in three hours. Uh, I might be pregnant. Oh, God. And he might so, be pregnant. So, Fear Itself. Dale, are you excited for Fear Itself? At Dale underscore A on the Twitter. Um, I don't know if I should be excited for Fear Itself or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to see where it goes, only because I, all I can think about is it keeps reminding me of Daredevil. Wow. Because he's a man without fear. So I, I constantly put Fear Itself into this uh, category. with It's like a Daredevil story, and I, and I know it's not, but uh, I, I really don't... I don't know. I'm just... I'm not as excited about it as uh, other events. Yeah. Plus, I just don't like Thor. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with Asgard stuff. Yeah? That's, yeah, that's tough, because it's... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, there, I'm with you there. I think everybody talked about their Thor... Uh, Thor is probably the most unappealing Marvel character yeah. to me. He's up there. He's up there in the uninteresting stuff. Wasn't in wasn't the part of Civil War where wasn't he dead or gone and they had a clone of Thor? Yes, yep. it was a uh, project or Operation Lightning, something, something like, like that. Like that. But they they cloned him, right? Reed Richards and I forget who else Met, created a clone. Uh, of Iron Thor. Man, maybe Matt Fraction's relaunch of Thor was actually pretty good, really. And it was Thor is like kind of a Matt Murdock back in the day, like a wandering night and all he's trying to do is like, resurrect his homeland he put Ascar in the middle of like kansas that was jms was it jms that was jms no nah, it couldn't be because i liked it oh isn't that in the ultimate universe or no i'm trying to remember if i read the prologue to fear itself or the ultimates versus avengers book where asgard is Oh, maybe it was the preview for Fear Itself where they talk about how Asgard is in the middle of, like, a town. Right. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. It's hovering about eight, or it was hovering before now it's Siege, like on the ground over Asgard, but because of Siege, I thought they blew up Asgard. Yeah, I think the pieces have fallen in, like, some podunk town, and the first couple pages of Fear Itself are the heroes addressing the town, saying, we're going to take care of this, we're here to help in any way we can. And then, did anyone else read the prologue to Fear Itself? Not no. yet, no. No. I uh, I lost faith in Marvel events after Shadowland. Wow, yeah. So and the whole movie. vampire thing. <laughs> well, I did read the prologue, and it involves uh, Red Skull's daughter, Sin, who is has now a deformed face, a la her father. When did that happen? Uh, Captain I America? During the Cap- I think during uh, Brubaker's Captain America. I think, yeah, I think the trial herself. of Bucky. I think okay. she did it yeah. herself, if I uh, am not angry. No, you're right. Um. So apparently the Red Skull, spoilers, it's been out for a few weeks, so shut up. Uh, she's going after uh, an artifact that her father couldn't obtain, which is a a Mjolnir, 
but not. It's like That's another good. hammer. It's like another god's hammer. And the Red Skull found it, but he couldn't move it. They had no way of moving it anywhere. So I think she, I think the storyline of Fear Itself is she she obtains the hammer, and uh, the the reasoning is Odin isn't the All Father of Asgard. There's somebody else that's been like sh- you know moved Didn't into the shadows. Baldur take over that mantle. Baldur the Brave sounds familiar. Anyone? I don't even know. What I don't you're remember right anymore. Yeah. But it sounds familiar. straight up gibberish. There seems to be a lot on. of Asgardian hammers out there. I'm going to shut off. Jones Thunderstrike has the mace. Beta Ray uh, Bill. Beta Ray Bill has another hammer. I remember the frog. Thunderstrike. Thunderfrog. I, I like Thunderstrike. Hold on, I'm trying, I'm trying you to trying get, to mic me I'm off? trying to get my uh, soundboard working. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's too quiet. La la la. <laughs> Sorry. Is that the move on? That's what frog? happens when people talk about Asgard. I get bored instantly. <laughs> what else went on in our little hiatus? You know what? We didn't talk about it. We didn't touch up on it, but the tragic loss of Dwayne McDuffie. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, I wasn't... Um, I uh, in my comic reading life, I don't think I've ever really read any of his stuff. But uh, I learned about most of it after his unfortunate passing. Um, being a DC guy, I read a lot of it, but I was really into the stuff, his cartoons that he worked on and produced. And as a minority, watching minorities, being written by minorities, it was great to see guys who were who were minorities, but that didn't define them. They weren't walking around talking like "Sweet Christmas" or this right. or that. It was just who they were. I remember I posted the on ballsmoke.com that uh, sarcastic note that he wrote to Marvel that was great. about their characters yeah. and you know the skateboarding the teenage uh, ninja Negro yeah. something <laughs> yeah. skateboarder club and st- like and some of his properties were Static Shock, right? Right. Right. Um, he was very instrumental in the creation of the Milestone universe. So you had Icon, mm-hmm. Static, um Wow, that's a shame. I should be able to... I think they're bringing more. back... Um, there was like a point of contention. They're bringing back a Static Shock book. Like, it was planned in advance, uh, but then he died, so they're, I guess they were pushing it up, so some people were offended that they're not giving 100% of the proceeds to his family. And they tried oh, to market it as... An homage. A, right. Not a tribute. I don't think they said tribute, because I guess people would assume that they would be turning over the money at that point. But the his estate, I think his wife has, had had come out because people were getting so pissed that she said, you know, we're we're fine with this, we're completely all right. I think they still get profits from it anyway because of the characters. Should hope so. I would imagine that royalties go to them. Yeah. yeah so his work on Justice League was phenomenal. Yeah. Are I, you talking the animated series yeah. or the comic? Both. Yeah, you're right. Both yeah. were good. I did start watching um, the first couple episodes on Xbox of the Justice League after that happened. Just to check it out, because I never really watched it. I don't really give two hoots about when the I, Justice League. When it came on, it was uh, prime time during the week, and I was working nights, so I never got to watch it while it was on the air. And then for Christmas this past year, the old whiff got me the uh, box set, and uh, <laughs> I ended up liking it so much, I watched it in a whole weekend, every every yeah. episode. Mm. It was like the best weekend ever. Yeah. Sounds like it. Oh, yeah. I watched, uh, I was telling you the other day, I was watching the first two seasons of the X-Men animated series, back to back. It doesn't uh, hold up as well. No, it doesn't. Not as good as Batman. Oh, Justice League started. and Batman only got better with time. I think I want to watch Batman Beyond next. Nice. Yeah. You I watch, you watch that like every day. I do. I actually record it. Uh, it's on Ion the N or, or like yeah, maybe Ion. But it it's one of the rare series that, you know, like some people, they just buy the first season and then play it over and over again. Mm-hmm. This has got every single episode of the show that, that just rotates in continuity. 
So it's pretty cool. So I, you know, I, I watch the uh, the call. It's my favorite two part episode. Is with it the, the one uh, Superman. Yeah, Shout out to the, 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 the future. Yeah, he created he created that. Yep. Hmm. And uh, one of my other favorites is uh, Out of the Past, where Ray Ghul comes back as Talia, and uh, Bruce, in a moment of weakness, goes into the uh, Lazarus Pit and fights alongside Terry McGinnis. Drink. So <laughs> <laughs> that was also great too, because um, after. Terry and Bruce are fighting side by side. You hear the classic Batman animated theme. Oh, yeah. All done in the electrical Batman Beyond style. It was a nice touch. My pants are tightened right now. Mm. As they should be. As they should be. I have it on the Divid, if you want to borrow it. The Divid? That's an outdated technology. I'm not sure if I want to borrow that. (laughs) Can you just rip it for me and Dropbox it? (laughs) Can I stream it from my living room to your television? (laughs) Um, Does anybody have any other topics? Uh, Maybe the Captain America trailer came out? Yeah, Dale and I watched that for the first time. You guys had a moment. Yeah. It was amazing. I think we're going to go see it together. Maybe we'll be holding hands. It might be. We don't, I, need, we don't need that guy space in between us when we go to the movies. No way. Aren't you guys married? Well, we're to other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, I didn't think so much of it with the Super Bowl trailer, but I liked the uh, extended one that just came out. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones uh, talking about the fight against Hitler and all that, that like which kind of framed the whole trailer was really good. Yeah. I remember during the like the beginning stages of the movie, people were upset because they were fighting Hydra. In the movie, as opposed to the Nazis, so people were wondering if they just erased the Nazis completely out of the movie. But I don't think that's the. Case. I think Joe Johnson said, "Like, don't worry, they're going to be in it." You know, these are these are like the darkest faction of the Nazis, so they're definitely going to be mentioned in the movie. I'm excited. So why? I don't know what I'm more excited for: the movie or to see how it ties into like the movie continuity. Like this whole shared universe thing is so cool. I can't wait to see how they. That's going to roll into the Avengers. Are they going to find him in the present? Are they? Mm-hmm. How's yeah. it going to work? I think the movie will probably end with them finding it, or maybe that in, oh, you know, sweet. or after the credits. After the credits, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Dale, are you looking at your lips furiously over there? Put my iPad <laughs> on my lap. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the what would happen if because in Ultimate Universe, didn't Tony Stark have an expedition where they found him? Yes. In the Ultimate Universe? Yeah. yeah. I think issue two was when they found yeah. Captain yeah. America. Right. Because issue one opened with um, a lot of Captain America flashbacks in the war, if I think. Yeah, I would think they would try to follow the Ultimate Universe, if at all. And I, I'm pretty sure the... I'm guessing the Hulk is probably going to be the villain for that movie. I, I always know. hope so. He's a part of the team. I heard it's going to be uh, aliens. So whether that's uh, Kree's or Skrulls... Kree? I hope not. Yeah. Skrulls will make I mean, a good Hulk blockbuster do- movie. Hulk does Manhattan... Is one of the yeah. best issues in comics history. That first arc of the Ultimates was amazing. I thought I thought the the Kree invasion or the Scroll invasion was like Volume the two. most fantastical part of the Ultimate Universe at that I, point. I agree because everything was so realistic, and then they do an alien invasion. It didn't make sense. And then I think after that, they passed it off as they thought it was like fake, or the everyone who had seen it thought it was some kind of like viral marketing. That's yeah. how they played it off. It's almost as bad as the. Uh, Daredevil becomes a vampire storyline they're going through now in Volume 4. Daredevil becomes a vampire? He's uh, not a in vampire. In the Ultimate Universe. Yes, yeah, stick. Oh, oh in the uh, Ultimate Universe. That's right. Yeah. Own me. That's right. Ultimate Universe. Was that really worth calling me a dick? Own me. I didn't call you a dick. Well, I thought I heard it. I thought I heard it. You just hear dick all the time. <laughs> Let's just hug it out. <laughs> stop it. Everyone Jonesy cursed like 30 seconds into the show. Nice. BooRichard.com. There is an app soundboard for anyone that does a podcast. You don't are in use for it. a rude awakening. 
with this stuff. <laughs> There's a, let's see this one. Bone Storm! <laughs> what? I'm sorry, everybody. Was that Bone Storm? That was Bone Storm. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's some bad stuff. So let's. Uh, you wanted to get into the the comic talk? Uh, I, if you feel like it. I mean, do you have any other news that you want to hit up in the very first uh, episode can, of uh, Paper Keg? No, the, I just relaunched the Paper Keg. Relaunched podcast right now. Tap the Paper Keg, nice. You know, you like, I like that? that? I like that. I just who, came up with that. I'm coming up with a new catchphrase. Yeah. Who wants to go first? You know what? I say we let Dale underscore A go first. He's the host with the most. Jesus. Check him out underscore A com. So Dale, what yeah. you reading? What's good? All right, let me just break it down. <laughs> Gears of War. Let's talk about it. Jonesy, you're next. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Gears of War. Yeah. What's what's happening in Gears of War? I love the game. I love Gao, too. You love it. And then the, in the episode, they take Dale's thunder and they just throw it right out the window. So no. Uh, so, okay. So this is, this is big because, you know, Gears of War, I think I talked about maybe on the... Uh, I don't know if it was Nerdcast or one of the comics podcasts, that the uh, the books are the they have, ultimate. They have novels? They have novels, yeah. So this chick, Karen Travis, she wrote, uh, she's written all the books so far, and she's actually writing Gears of War 3. Hmm. The books were so good that uh, they tapped her to write the comic. No, I bet they tapped her. They tapped her, yeah. Sorry, I apologize. Terrible. Tasteful, tasteless. <laughs> Sorry, let's just end it. Um, so uh, she she takes over on writing on uh, Gears of War number fifteen, and uh, fifteen and sixteen are just great. They're single offshoot stories, but uh, the writing is so much better than it was. I mean, they focused like in the past. They focused like seven issues on this, you know, uh, female pregnancy prison or something where they would just keep. Hmm. The, the, I guess in the future they they they're so hard up for soldiers that they just. Uh, keep women prisoner and they just start pumping out babies or whatever but uh, so Karen Travis took over she's cleaning house and uh, these one offshoot these two offshoot stories one involves uh, Marcus's Marcus Phoenix's dad who and he's still a uh, What's gear his first name Adam that's pretty badass Adam Phoenix, Adam Phoenix. yeah I'm gonna name my son Adam Phoenix Jones <laughs> I love it but uh, I really recommend checking the two out and then the uh, the other issue is about uh, Colonel Hoffman and uh, so he's like in the first and second um, games, he's like the uh, he's in charge of Phoenix and his crew, and he's a real hard ass. But uh, in the, in the issue, it's just basically it's kind of chiseling him out. He doesn't want to be promoted because he's going to leave all his gears behind, and uh, you know he doesn't want to do that because then he's going to feel like he's uh, better than them and stuff like that. Even though it's just his job. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm honestly surprised that series has gone on for. Whatever it's up to, fifteen issues, sixteen. I and I and that's the thing. I'm I'm very surprised that it's gone on, but I'm happy it did. But you know, these the game game comics really don't have any legs for the most part. I mean, uh, Wildstorm struck it big with I guess Gears of War and uh, the uh, World of Warcraft series, but otherwise, who, I'm last. sorry, who puts the book out? Uh, it was originally Wildstorm, which of course now DC. Um, oh, so it's a DC book. Yeah, it feels like a boom property. Like, Boom gets yeah. a lot of those kind of video game movie properties. Hello, Boom Camp. That's Marvel. Was it Marvel? Yeah, Boom just got Planet of the Apes. Oh. Really? Mm. I, I'd read that. Who they was p- reading Assassin's, or who was writing Assassin's Creed? Who published that? Uh, oh, IDW, I, maybe? Okay. I think you're right. I think Cameron M. Stewart on art. We just got a chat with him last night on the... Yeah, we know. We all saw. Exit, uh, exit through the gift shop. Anyone else see that? No, I don't even know what it's about. It's nope. about Banksy. 
Remember? I, yeah, I heard this. Yeah. yeah. Who? And what's he? He's a. He's a like a street graffiti. artist, street graffiti artist. Get out of here. All right, sir. I apologize. I derailed so, the show. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Name dropping. You know. Now, Dale, I I do enjoy the Halo Boot Camp so much that it inspired me to go get an Xbox and play all the Halo games. Ooh. Do you think this comic is the same cloth that'll inspire me to go get Gears of War and start playing this? Absolutely. I love yeah. Gears of War. I think the storyline. You you just want to keep playing through the game just to see the storyline because really? it's amazing. And then you'll want to, like me, like I read the novels afterwards because it's just, the storyline is kind of just so interesting that yeah. I'm getting chilled, like my face is getting all... You t- are see, getting verklempt. That, I was the opposite. I started playing Assassin's Creed and I love it, so I went searching like yeah, for you. Yeah. But then I was very disappointed in the Assassin's Creed comic. Oh, really? It was just... Lackluster. I hope Cameron Stewart isn't listening. But so the art was incredible. No, I'm there, you know, no. shit. I mean, oh, I mean, crap. It was cool, at least, because uh, when Gears of War, the comic started, I think his name was uh, Josh Caps or Josh Ortega, um, but uh, he wrote the first two games. So it it uh, it was it made complete sense and it was uh it, they were really good stories in the comic and I'd check them out even if you haven't played the game. But when no. does uh, Gal Three come out? August. Ugh. I know so they pushed far it back. Away. Yeah. It, does any it's game ever awesome come out on time? No. Every not game never. Never. Long, never. That's for sure. Yeah, you, I, you, you don't play that anymore, do you? I, I never bought it. I was so mad. What? I thought you what? played. All I it. wanted was DCU Online for Christmas. That's all I wanted. Did and that? then, like six weeks before Christmas, Geoff Jones was like, "You know, we just need more time to work on it and be in beta." Because a, we want the fans to really like it. He's a busy yeah. guy. He's writing like 40 comic books a month. <laughs> it's amazing. He is a very busy guy. And devout DC historian and friend of the room, McElhenley, he actually played it. And he didn't have many kind things to say about it. Hmm. He really? played it for a month for his pre-subscription. Yeah, but he's, he's the guy that plays MMOs, you know, like on a, on a regular basis, doesn't he? Or like those kind of games... Uh, I believe he does. So he would be the perfect person, I would think, that they're carrying for. He knows DC. He knows MMOs. And as a devout fan, he was just meh. I would feel it would be kind of lofty for for that game to come close to anything if you're an MMO fan. It's like you know being a fan of Halo and having you know a Punisher first-person shooter come out. I don't think it's ever going to be as good as the best first-person shooter. Fair enough. Gears of War. Check it out. While you guys were talking, uh, Dale had to explain to me what an MMO was. <laughs> we had the conversation in the car. We were driving yeah, up here, and uh, yeah. I was telling Josie's like, I don't, I, I don't. They make me pay monthly to play it. No, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Jensen, they do that for MMOs, and Jensen's like, yeah, Preposter. okay, yeah, MMOs. I'm listening, and apparently you weren't at all. <laughs> at Farrington says on the Twitter, Batman historian. What Batman family genealogy. genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> I burped in the middle of that. You want to try that again? No, go ahead. <laughs> the cheesy genealogist. <laughs> What's an MMO? <laughs> what, what are you reading right now, Farrington, that, that excites you? Anything? Uh, what am I reading? I've been trying out a lot of new stuff. Um, FF number one. Oh, that's on Oh, yes. Yeah. I read that. I read mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we all read it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, first off, what bothered me is it had eight different variants. I talk about this right? in the article on Paper Cake, but it had eight different variants. they got to make the monies. Oh, yeah, so were any of them in foil? Did we learn nothing from the 90s, people? 
Seriously. Sounds like a, a prelude to an article that Farrington will write for paperkeg.com. Granted, Check out the paperkeg. It'll be updated granted, tomorrow morning. Some of the variants were cool, but still. Yeah. Beside the point. That's Wait, besides the point. Was Farrington says the one that didn't turn this article in on time? Farrington says he's in a rough draft space. <laughs> his, Leave him alone. His, his Tumblr page doesn't even have a photo. It's just a At, random oof, person. There will be time. Uh, well, it's a first issue, you know? It is a first and issue. it's Fantastic Four. And for those who aren't reading it's the, the FFR still, no, the Future Foundation, right? is still reeling from the death of Johnny Storm, and obviously being one member down, they decide to bring in, based on Johnny Storm's uh, after-death wishes that he left, they bring in Spider-Man. So the first issue is kind of a meet-and-greet with Peter Parker walking around, getting his new costume, and getting to uh, see what kind of state the Fantastic Four is in at this point. Mm -hmm. It was a good, solid opening issue. I like that they're still... uh, recuperating mentally from what happened in the FF run from John Hickman. But it just didn't wow me. It was okay. Spider-Man is a member of the Future Foundation. It's not the first time. Shut up. Back in the 90s. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Whoa, what is second. going on right now? Anybody? I don't know what that noise is. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, everyone makes fun of Wolverine for being uh, in... Like X-Men, uh, every Avengers, every X-Men. team, but Spider Man is in a lot of teams too. You know, mm. fortunately they're all in New York, so he's just going from this block to that block. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, when they first showed the covers and Spider Man was on it. Hickman kind of like said, you know, don't worry, it's for the right reasons. Um, so far, the reason seems like he's doing it for, or it was Johnny's last wish for yeah. Franklin. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's what uh, uh, it seems good. I just for whatever reason I just thought it was going to be the three of them because their new logo is three. You know, I think the, that's cool too. Yeah, I like it. I, I like, like the it. logo. I like the design of their costumes. I'm down. And how each uh, how each of their logo like yeah. uh, different positions on the logo are lit up like mm-hmm. or, or whited out. Depending yeah, on. Jonesy doesn't sound happy. Yet. Listen, Jonesy loves listen. beer. I, Jonesy, please let let out your. The only costume I didn't like was Spider Man's. I just feel like. He's got too many things going. He was Iron Spider a couple of years ago. <laughs> then he had the Three Tron. Three years ago, he had another costume, guys. Yeah. He cannot do anything. With it. Then Tron Spider-Man last month. <laughs> Tron Spider-Man. <laughs> then, he's, then he's got a, a costume that can be black or white. I just... Uh, it's too much for you to handle on a monthly is. basis. It is. It, re- it is. A costume aside, what you think of the team dynamic? I liked it. You know what? And, and I like Peter Parker and uh, the thing going back... Back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. It's pretty good. It's yeah, that's going to fill a good, uh, the good, uh, you know, gap that John. Since Johnny's not there, Johnny and the Thing were always going back and forth. You know, they never Peter's really showed him that. dying in that le- in that one issue. They and just showed him being overwhelmed. Right, and that's one of the uh, number one rules in comics. If you don't see a body, they're not dead. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's going to come back eventually, but he's probably still stuck in what was that, the negative zone? Yep. Did he get hurdled back in time? Like Flash, he wasn't hit by a missile in the <laughs> TV series. Drink absurd science. Um, yeah, I, I think FF one is is good. I think it's going to be a monthly that I'm going to read. You know, Hickman yeah. seems to be the darling of the uh, of the comic industry right now. It, it, it did seem like you had to know a little bit about what the fan fat, the Fantastic Four had going on at the Baxter Building because they have there's people living with them, like there's aliens and stuff. That was kind of confusing. The gargoyle Did you read? Paper. Yeah, Did yeah. you see the um, the last page or the last two pages? Yeah, the bio of those characters. Yeah, that was huge. Had, for yeah, that was that, up. that was really good. That so they're they're all part of the Future Foundation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, why they're there to begin with? I think it said Peter Parker is a member of the Future Foundation. What was the 
does anyone remember that page, that two-page spread? It, he was in both, I think. Yeah. There was one side, and then the, the one on the right said the Future Foundation, I think. And then it didn't say Spider-Man. It said Peter Parker. Well, I've been uh, a little bit lax in Amazing Spider-Man, but at the start of Big Time, didn't he join some sort of think tank? Yeah, he's in some kind of super genius scientist think tank right now. And that's what I thought it was related to, but I didn't remember. No, it's it's uh, two different think tanks, obviously. Mm. And <laughs> He's that smart, though. He can do that. I'm also very excited to see the return of Dr. Doom. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I jumped onto the Hickman run late, and I, I must have missed the issues where something happened to Dr. Doom's intellect. I guess he's not super intelligent anymore. Exactly. And uh, I guess it looks like he's coming to the Reed for help. Um, one of the subplots that Hickman had ongoing was that Reed and Sue's daughter, Valeria, made a deal with Dr. Who? Doom. Valeria. Okay. <laughs> Jim, do you know where you are right now? <laughs> Thank God. I don't you're know not. Uh, they had another kid beside Reed. Thank All God. Right, Franklin. <laughs> Thank God you're not driving. <laughs> hey, what's the story with uh, Ben's powers? He's supposed to be like the strongest. Is he a mutant or ben? is he uh, just super powered? He's just super powered. Yeah. Okay. Um, back with the. I guess, what were they, cosmic radiation, something mm-hmm. like that? They're radioactive at some point. The ongoing subplot with Valeria is she's four years old, and she's just she's as smart, if not smarter, than Reed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she was able to temporarily cure Ben for a good week, mm-hmm. and that's when Johnny died. He was in his regular human form, and he couldn't back up Johnny when he needed it. So Johnny pushes him through the portal, turns it off, and he fights off as much as he can until he's eventually just overwhelmed. This Fantastic Four could be the ultimate kids' property for an animated series mm-hmm. or a movie. Yeah, it's I just, see that. It's never, it no does, one's ever tried it. No, it's gotten done a couple times. It just never does I mean, well. like, in, as an animated series, having, like, a big family with superpowers and young kids that young kids could idolize, you know, like, the daughter or the son, like a big freaky family with superpowers, yeah. that, that could be, like, a weekly series. I think for the animated version about of the live, FF. Live action property? No, like, animated. animated. The FF never found their animated groove. Like, people never yeah, knew yeah. what kind of tone to take with them. The yeah. Marvel Hour with uh, Iron Final Man Fantasy and, and Iron Man. Final Fantasy. What? Well, I, I don't <laughs> know what I'm talking about. That, people. No, I'm going to leave. Just uh, uh, last show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> with the uh, FF and Iron Man, it was always... You Spider-Man to replace you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Zing! Yeah, that was. it was just too campy. Exactly. When, when you're in the 90s, I, I thought... Johnny Storm, voiced by Brian Austin Green. Wow, you have a good memory. I can't believe I remember that. (laughs) I can't either. Brian Austin Green fan club prison (laughs) over here. That's his his poster right there. Brian Austin Green that he said. (laughs) Let me just readjust here. Uh, Reclining on that ottoman he is. He married Megan Fox. Uh, Moving on. Oh, did he really? X-Force. Who else is reading it? You have a man on for X-Force right now. What is that? Whose is that? Do you have a cricket sound effect? No, I don't. I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> um, so X Force, Rick Remender, you know he is taking on X Force. I'm extremely pleased. I said, uh, I said on the Twitter, I said something scandalous. What'd you, sure say? What'd you say? What'd you say, Slim? What'd you say? I said that uh, Chris Claremont is to X Men as Rick Remender is to X Force. Wow! Drink. I went bold there. Statement. I mentioned Chris now Claremont which drink. <laughs> Chris Claremont and Remender, Remender. Early Chris Claremont. We're talking about. I'm talking no. 1970s to 19. God loves me and kills Claremont. Oh, that's good Claremont. Yeah. <laughs> that's good Claremont. 
Um, I don't know. We're only, what, six issues in? But his characterization of that team is just phenomenal. It's really? the best X-Men book out there right now. So tell us, uh, give me a little rundown. Uh, and the, I'll, and the I'll give you and the audience a little rundown. Uh, Archangel and Wolverine have put together, as you know, X-Force was this, you know, tactical team that Cyclops put together to take out, to do the dirty deeds that the X-Men weren't able to do. I like it already. Uh, so after, you know, that era was over, it was disbanded, but Archangel had put the team back together, uh, and the first issue was dealing with uh, Apocalypse coming back, you know, uh, Warren Worthington's arch nemesis. And uh, Deadpool was in the team. You know, don't judge it yet, Jonesy. <laughs> don't judge it don't yet. Judge it. Don't judge it yet. Um, he's on the team, but he's not, you know, slapstick goofy. He's kind of just like this oddball. Uh, he makes deadpan, like dark deadpan humor. Uh, so Deadpool had been kind of on the lookout for this apocalypse thing going on, and he reported back to Worthington. Psylocke was on the team, Wolverine, Deadpool, uh, Phantom X, you know, the Frenchie. Oh, movie. yeah. Um, he was a Weapon X reject, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, so the first arc is about Apocalypse being brought back as a child who hasn't become Apocalypse yet, and he's being groomed. So they have to face the you know the the possibility of do we take this kid out uh, before he becomes Apocalypse, or do we let him? Choose? Now you know Logan would do it. You're just gonna have to read Jonesy. Mm. Wolverine <laughs> to kill him. Read up. Um, so they have to they have to f- make the decision to take him out or let him choose his own path. I, I think it's fantastic. There was a point one issue, you know, which I was vehemently against. Uh, there's there was a point one issue with the Reavers. Remember the Reavers? Wow, oh, yeah. that's um, the Lady Deathstrike. Lady days, Deathstrike. Right? Um, so they had they had reformed, and X Force needed to take care of that. Fantastic issue. Fantastic. The newest arc of X Force uh, involves Deathstrike. Deathlocks from the future. Wow. Um, the the Deathlocks have assimilated superheroes in the future. So that they can be trained better and and not go off on their own and make you know bad decisions that could impact the growing population. So they're the Captain America and Spider-Man are Deathlocks now. They've been assimilated, kind of like the Borg. That's kind of cool. Uh, and they come back to get uh, Phantom X's the world. Remember the world in Grant Morrison's arc where it was like this small um, what do you call that? With the snow in it and the water, snow globe, snow globe, <laughs> the snow. It's like a it's snow. It's got snow. And it's a globe, shape of globe. Uh, so they come back to get the world from Phantom X, and that's the current arc. And isn't that his uh, nervous system is tied into the world or something like that? No, no it's, it's tied, tied into, into his ship. ship. Oh, Eva, that's right, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, just just great stuff. And like, I don't, I didn't like Phantom X at all when I read uh, X Men, but I care. Yeah, I, I literally care. I mean, I don't physically care about the character, but I'm interested <laughs> in the arc that he's in. So, I mean, it's great. It's great. It's getting a lot of buzz. I mean, didn't I thought I read a headline about a new story coming up, Dark Angel Rising? Yeah. Dark Archangel? Yeah, like that? that's going to be the next big arc. Um, I don't even... Uh, well, yeah, the, the subplot for the series is Warren Worthington is battling Archangel internally, and he can't control it. It's kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. Right. And I think it's going to come to a head in, I think, issue 10 or 11. Can someone tell me what happened to Archangel's healing factor from, like, five years ago? Remember that? I do remember that. I remember what that. that? that was we have Chuck Austin. He carried a sword that. or something. Chuck, you just say Chuck Austin, and you can just absolve any kind of storyline <laughs> from the X-Men that's happened. Chuck Austin, Chuck Austin, Chuck Austin. <laughs> so that's Uncanny X-Force. Like Beetlejuice. Go read it. Go read it right now. I want now. to. 
I think he should. Is it now? It sounds like it could be like a little more, like it could be a Marvel Knights title or Max. It's, yeah, it's dark. It's very dark okay. and gritty. Okay, I so I was wondering because it's still Marvel main, but mm-hmm. it's gr- it's gritty as it needs. Yeah, to it's be. not like a, like a, a young teen is going to pick this up and get like oh, X Men. I still like that initial scene where Cyclops and Logan are standing on the hill. Yeah, and Cyclops well, is like, you well, know, I can't take a life. Yeah. But, you know. Right. Well, I think I'm not sure if. If I'm confusing a Secret Avengers arc or X Force, I think Cyclops is going to find out at some point. X Force was that, yeah. Okay. And I know the storyline upcoming, which is we. I was going to get into the second episode, but uh, X Men Schism, which is going to be uh, Wolverine versus Cyclops, we're going to have two different X Men factions. That's going to be the next big X Men. The uh, Moramasa might come out again, uh-huh. since Logan entrusted the blade to him. In case he ever get out of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Daniel Way. Mm-hmm. Daniel, Daniel Way's a turd. Get out of here. Speaking of, take it number seven. <laughs> you just got to skip over Dale? <laughs> no, I already won. Oh, did you? Yeah, I haven't gone yet. You skipped so, over Yeah, we skipped over Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. It's what? okay. Don't worry about it. I was probably in the bathroom or something. Taken. Uh, I'm going to break down the room with Daniel Way's oh, take it number seven. It is, it is, does Daniel Way write that? And yes. Marjorie Lou? No, Daniel Way wrote this episode. <laughs> it's true. Man, I'm just nowhere right now. <laughs> I just uh, take it number seven has the same problem that all Daniel White books does, and you that's mean it's awful. No, no. The first story arc is always really good, and then as soon as he has to write the next main story, it fizzles out. Hmm. I mean, um, X Men or Wolverine Origins, which you hate. You have you've all said you hated his first four issues on that that run. I thought were really good. And then as soon as he took it past the, the fight with Cyclops, it just petered out. And here's the same thing with Dakin. It just feels like <clears throat> Daniel Way forgets his own rules. Like, I, I think if you remember the fourth issue of Dakin, Dakin says, you know, before Johnny Storm was passed, you know, I need a new gimmick. I, I need to stand out of the shadow of my father. I need a new costume. I can't pop my claws. So he gets, like, the uh, the psychic claw from Reed Richards, and he gets a new costume. And three issues later, that's all out the window. He's using his own claws again, and he's got so a, a, almost a, uh, identical brown-yellow Wolverine uniform. Yeah, the cover for the most recent issue is a homage to Wolverine number one, yeah. where he's wearing like a stocking over his face and a black outfit. I just I don't understand either where Daniel Way's inspiration comes from, or if he's got so much going on, he doesn't pay attention to to his own continuity. It just it's distracting as a reader to be on board with something. Than have it derailed so much, you're trying to still find enjoyment out of it. Yeah, you know, I don't, just, I don't, Danny Way just does, does not work for me. I mean, Paul, like, I guess maybe, I don't know, some people don't like him because he told Wolverine's history, but Paul Jenkins did that in Origins, and everyone loved that. I mean, for the, for the majority of people, love that. I mean, I, I agree. Uh, now, where does Dakin stand right now in Marvel? Is he an anti hero? Is he still, like, he, plotting against everybody? He's in the process of building his own, would you say, criminal empire? He's trying to build like a hand hydra type organization to do good or bad. Uh, it has not been revealed as yet. To further his own agenda. So how did Reed Richards volunteer? Yeah, to, how did that work? I mean, uh, you got? Did you guys read Dagan no, at all? No. <laughs> no uh, did you guys not read? <laughs> after the uh, ringing endorsement, when you the, just the, it? No. How about age, the audience who didn't read it. No. no. Uh, when the heroic age started, Dagan was kind of on the run because he's one, a member of the. Uh, Dark X-Men, and through Dark X-Men, he had developed and cultivated a friendship with Johnny Storm. 
wink, wink. So yeah, uh, it's highly. Uh, what do you call it? It's alluded to. It's alluded to that it's a homosexual relationship. What? Yeah, I, I know. That. I yeah. about that. Skip the record. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, eventually, Dakin comes to Johnny for help, and you know Reed and Ben Grimm are obviously because of their their history with Dakin during the uh, the siege storyline. Um, just go ahead. They, they don't want anything to do with him. You know, Johnny, what are you doing? And Dakin, using his pheromone powers and his charm, convinces Reed that he wants to. He doesn't want to be evil anymore. He wants to stand out of you know his father's shadow, of course, Wolverine, and become his own man. So, so Reed says, "I won't give you anything to hurt people." So he gives him like a psychic claw, in in the vein of Psylocke's psychic blade. That will stun the person, but won't kill them. So that's so he gets this new costume and this new psychic call, and he goes out. And then, like I said, three issues later, he's using his calls again. So I don't mm-hmm. understand why mm-hmm. the first four issues of the series happened. Mm-hmm. Suspect, very suspect, incredibly suspect. Now, is this going to stay on the pull list? Uh, I would have to say Dakin Seven would probably be my last issue. Of I remember the first piece. the first couple of issues were tied into Wolverine in Hell, right? Right. And remember, we had argued we didn't understand if it was an ongoing title or if it yeah. was a tie-in. I just thought so, it was so weird that the first issues were tied into Wolverine's book. And it's going to be an ongoing about Dakin's own adventures, but it doesn't I mean, even match what the series set out to do. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's next? Is that Dale? I think back to Dale underscore A. <clears throat> Me underscore A. <laughs> uh, Zing. Green Lantern. Number six. Damn you, Green Damn you. Lantern. Let's talk about it, Mark. Let's not hate. Let's Mark, love. you have no right to say anything. Let it go. Note stealing. B. Can I get surmise that GF Johns is writing this? GF Johns is still writing Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and I applaud him for that. Sixty-four straight issues. Yep. Wow. He could have passed that off, but nope. He must like write an issue every hour. I don't know how yeah. he does it. Is he married? Does anybody know? Not anymore. I believe he is. I think he's a you rock star. You probably checked, now. huh? Mm. Farrington? I think he's a rock star. And yeah, well, not. <laughs> you saw how nervous I was. I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know. What's happening in Green Lantern right now? Well, uh, okay. So, uh, why we had our, uh, we're, we're on manternity leave and uh, wedding leave. Did you um, say manternity? Manternity <laughs> leave, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Hal Jordan, the Green, Green Lantern of Earth Sector, uh, has teamed up with the other color lanterns. Well, um, that's uh, that's not cool. You can't say, Mark. I'm sorry. No, I'm cool with it. I'm <laughs> cool with it. <laughs> he got a pass. Lanterns. We talked about it earlier. He's cool. Jesus. He didn't say you lanterns. He said <laughs> colored lanterns. <laughs> he didn't say you colored lanterns. <laughs> um, we're gonna get kicked out of the ice. So, uh, so they're they're basically going after these uh, these aspects that represent each color of the the lantern spectrum. I'm not really sure what that all is. That's that's a part of Geoff Johns and and others that. You know, I just I just go with. I don't try to figure it out. But basically, there's these almost physical manifestations of each color lantern, and right now they're in the wrong hands. They're in the wrong. They're in the hands of uh, of a guardian gone bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, now these physical manifestations. This is like parallax and pa- yeah, yeah, parallax, right, okay. which is the yellow, and then there's you know the other the other ones too. I wonder what the green manifestation is. Ion. Oh uh, yeah, wasn't that? A, but wasn't that Kyle Rayner? It was, but we'll talk about it later. Okay. It used to be. Talk about it on Green Lantern Podcast. (laughs) It used to be. Um, So basically, I guess, so so what happens now is the Guardians uh, have deemed Hal Jordan 
he didn't like he doesn't they don't like him teaming up with uh, these uh, the other lanterns and stuff. So they're they're sending the Green Lantern Corps, the other Green Lanterns, to arrest Hal Jordan. What? And that's how the uh, first issue of the arc opens up. Has, it's, doesn't it's he have carte blanche be... with these lanterns yet? Absolutely. Yeah, not. didn't he save the universe and restart the green power battery and basically? Oh, know. but the Guardians they don't they look past all that. They don't care. They got the power back. They're little, so they're, they're back blue. in charge. Yeah. These bureaucrats, these lantern yeah. bureaucrats. Hey, that was all my man Kyle who did all the heavy lifting and brought back Hal. What's he doing these days? Oh, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about <laughs> the it. Kyle Rayner podcast? <laughs> He's finding his girlfriend's head in the fridge. And Poor whatever. guy. What? Can't get a break. What's in the box? <laughs> How are you mocking a guy who found his girlfriend <laughs> dead in the fridge? <laughs> That's terrible. Heart, Jesus. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's a good issue, man. I, ha- I haven't read Green Lantern. I want to go back. Because I still buy Green Lantern every week, um, right. but I just haven't read. I just started catching up for the podcast, but I want to go back because I miss it. Um, I'm not. I, I'm definitely as interested, more interested in in the Green Lantern comic than Brightest Day, like we talked about. That's right. just that's, that's never just beating a dead horse. What's but, the Green Lantern core book about? The that's Green a book, Lantern right? core book is. Yeah. It's supposed to be about the other officers, but it's really Kyle Rayner's book and John Stewart's. Ah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really I mean, killed but, the podcast. Yeah, asked that question. But that's cool. I mean, I I, I like the uh, the whole Green Lantern, the whole Lantern mythos is uh, really interesting to me. I don't read the core book. If I had time, I would though, just because it, it's uh, I I like the uh, the what, what am I? What's the word? The universe, the Green Lantern yeah, universe. Yeah, because yeah, Johns really created almost an entire you know section of the DC universe that was wasn't there before mm-hmm. right. in the last five or ten years. Yeah. So and the green and like the Green Lantern Corps that probably focuses on you know, like Kilowog and stuff like that and they got the cool lanterns which is mega ultimate. Kilowog. What are your thoughts on Kilowog Farrington? I've always been a Kilowog fan. I love how Dennis Haysbert is going to voice him in the movie, just like know, he did I don't in know the who Just. That is. You ever watch Twenty Four? Yes. The Black President. I love Twenty Four. State Black Farm President. guy. Ah, Stay Farm. He was also the voice of Kilowog in um. He's in the, the Justice League no, cartoon. I thought that was Michael Madsen. Yeah, it's Dennis Haysbert. Hey, maybe that was the Green Lantern movie. We all sound alike to you, don't we? I th- yeah, I think I think that was the Green Lantern uh, cartoon movie. Uh, see, the Dale's got my back. Yeah. yeah, speaking of Green Lantern. First uh, flight. Well, we'll talk about it next show. Not Tune that we're in. recording it the same day. Hmm. Two two weeks from now. Uh, Green Lantern. Pick maybe, it up. Maybe I'll check it out. That is, I, for the foreseeable future, not off my pool list. I'm always going to read Green Lantern. The, the first time I ever bought a Green Lantern book was in the comics app, Rebirth. Uh, mm-hmm. As did I. It's well, that was my first Green Lantern book, but that's when I really got back into it. Ethan Van Skiver. Mm-hmm. Even his uh, talent. run on Secret Origin was very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you look like you want to say something? No, no, no. I was saying you pronounced the artist's name, so you have to drink. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen, you know, there needs to be, and I'm working on it, there needs to be a phonetic directory of comic creators' names on the internet somewhere. There isn't yet. There has to be. I started That's it. a million... Internet dollar idea. Everybody hates it. Well, we could just go to Wikipedia because Lord knows they're no, accurate. No, I tried. So, really? You know, not every creator has a Someone, phonetic. Uh, call at Mary Train because uh, we are right while we talk about Wikipedia. We are right. 100%. So, the 28 Days Later Zombies. If you read on Wikipedia, it's gospel. Oh, they are they are zombies. Wikipedia tells you so. Mm. Mark Farrington, DC Batman historian. Do you have another book? Yeah, I was uh, fumbling through my notes here because I really wanted to talk about Green Lantern. <laughs> What's, what are we going to talk about? I think we just cried a little bit. I think we should, sh- you know, we had a love Jones for Mark. Let's just hug mm-hmm. it out. All right, then. Talk out. We're going to go now on Now you talk culture. about it, and, you know, 
Bark, what do you think of the Green Lantern universe yeah, right come now? On, Mark. With your boy, uh, GJ. Open your mind to me. GJ. My How's Jidge doing? How do you start off like that? I don't know. Um, I'm loving the Green Lantern Mythos. I've been around since Kyle back in 93. Mythos drink. And Dale, Dale, side note, any back issues you need, more than happy to forward oh, to you. Thanks, man. Um, the one thing that I'm get, starting to get sick of with Green Lantern is it's going from event to event, which isn't surprising because Jeff Johns is penning it, and Jeff Johns is pretty much in control of the DCU Does right now. Does he even write standalones anymore, Jeff Johns? It doesn't feel like it. And I don't remember the last time, and I looked over the last 12 issues where Green Lantern was didn't have the ring on, and he was just Hal Jordan. And I miss the adventures of Hal Jordan. I like that character. Now, they're so far into their own meta plot that we might not see that until... I guess the War of the Green Lanterns is over in four months. But they're starting to do this annoying thing in comics that Slim, you and I have talked about from time to time, where the characters are starting to reference jokes that the fans are making. Like the characters are asking Hal every issue, when's the last time you took off your ring? It's like, Mm. yeah, we get it. It's been a while. It's like, how many teams are you on, Wolverine? (laughs) Shut up, Bendis. You turd. (laughs) (laughs) It does get annoying. I hate those in-jokes. I hate them. They're, they don't do any good, you know? The one <laughs> nod that you get, okay, fine. But to do it issue after issue, it's like, all right, enough. You listen to your fans. Yeah, but don't do anything about it. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Mark. I can't, I can't solve that for you. You oh, know what I do? Yeah. I moved on to different books. Wow. Yep. Take Pong. that, DC. Wow. Like Flash number nine, also written by Jeff Johns. <laughs> 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 this is the intro to DC's biggest... Uh, summary event flashpoint spawning 15 to 20 <laughs> miniseries oh. 15 to 20 flashpoint sounds like a nbc oh we're gonna does. be prime time, prime we're gonna have to have special flashpoint shows just to cover it oh god yeah so god, no. i hope not we're not gonna now we're is this gonna. the one that i read uh that yes ends? it is okay yeah you know i'm not a dc guy by any stretch i like batman though he's cool um Graham Orson's a genius. flash seems kind of like a lame superhero let's be honest here he's fast yeah, he's the glue Fist he, he apparently is the glue to the DCU. No, 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 no. Hold my fist down. Flash is the man. Wally West Boom. is the man. Thank you. Barry um, Allen, not so much. But so Wally what West. happens? Can we? Can, what happens at the end of this issue? Spoiler. The end of this issue. There's this new cut right to the end. Mass character. We don't know if he's friend or foe. Rip and roaring through Central City on a bike. On a right. bike. Who is super, just as fast as the Flash? Super cycle. Flash <laughs> catches up to him. Tells him to pull over. The guy unmasks, and it turns out to be Barry Allen. What? Turns out that this character came back to warn him about Flashpoint. Question. Why doesn't Barry Allen just run? Question. I'll find out next issue. I'll find out next issue. Question. Why did the Flash have to pull over Barry Allen if Barry Allen was coming to see the Flash to warn him? Boom. That is a very good question. <laughs> Jeff, if you're hearing these, I'm trying to defend you. You just, cre- you just found a paradox in that entire Flashpoint series. <laughs> the fans most- are reaching out and asking questions, Geoff. You're now GJ's spokesperson on this podcast. You, have to, you have to let him. Question, does the bike access the Speed Force? We're not quite certain, but we will find out in this arc. What is the Speed Force? <laughs> Listen, that's an honest question. <laughs> I bet They're most, convoluted. Most nerds a, don't know what a Speed Force is. The okay? biggest thing that came from this issue was the return of seeing Wally West, Bart Allen, Max Mercury back in the Flashbook. People haven't seen them for years, and the anal fans like myself have been clamoring for the return of Wally West. Drink. <laughs> so, I'll give it a whirl. So I, They've been hyping up Flashpoint so long, you got to check it out. 
Do we want to... Uh, Andy Boy Kubert's on pencils. Jonesy gets one. Oh, well, that's Andy Kubert. I'm a big fan of Adam, myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. Do we want to get into uh, some uh, book club? Can we do a lightning oh. round real quick? Lightning yeah, round? I, might really? run out of, I might run out of books if we do a lightning round. I, we we have another show to record. We do. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. I'm sorry. In two weeks. La, la, la. Plenty of time to read books in two weeks. Let's, uh, let's get into some Underboss. Oh, I've been waiting so patiently to talk about Bendis and Malib on Daredevil. Jonesy is a uh, soon-to-be-famous writer. JonesyLovesBeer.com. Check him out. Mm. Um, probably one of your, your all-time favorite duos. Absolutely. Has long been Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malib. This was Brian Michael Bendis before he was the word-bloated, over-taxed writer of a million titles, Geoff Jones-esque. Mm. Persona Jones. that he is today. <laughs> is it his name? Geoff Jones? Johns. Johns? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Bendis' writing is actually tight. And if you read anything from Bendis in the last three years, it's been anything but tight. It's, you know, telling eight issues and telling a four issue story. And uh, one thing about Underboss is it's six issues, but every issue pops. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about this on the ride down to Dale's that. It's a quick read. Six issues, and it's a quick read. And that's because Malieve's painting style of um, of art just really carries you through the story. Now, enlighten I mean, me. What was the plot of Underboss? The, the overarching plot is that uh, Sammy Silk is a gangster from Silk. Chicago, mm-hmm. and he comes into the employ of a def- you know, kingpin who has lost his uh, prowess. He's no longer the kingpin of crime. You know, he was blinded in the events of the, uh, I believe, in the Echo story arc. I actually blind. couldn't remember how he got blinded. Yeah. I, I, I might not be right on that, but I'm... No, I'm you're like right 40, on that. Yeah, Bendis, Echo. Did Bendis not write that? Is that why no, I don't know didn't. that? No. Was that Kevin Smith? David no, Mack. No, no. That David, David Mack. Mack. Mm. Um, so, Kingpin is now blind, weak, um, you know, falling out of grace in the criminal community. And Sammy Silk is kind of like the same thing. He's, he was disgraced in Chicago, so he was sent away to New York to be under... Kingpin. So, as the story progresses, you know, Sammy Silk finds out from the other thugs that Daredevil was Matt Murdock, and Sammy Silk has kind of like a conniption, like, you know, this guy has destroyed everybody's business from San Francisco to Chicago to New York, and the Kingpin's been sitting on his identity for years. So, Sammy uses this ill will among Kingpin's men, and then ends up nearly killing the Kingpin, and proclaiming himself as the the new kingpin of crime. What he doesn't figure in is that Vanessa Fisk, the kingpin's wife, is actually just as ruthless as Wilson. So she turns around and does a power play and has all of them killed. So he runs to the FBI and demands protection and tells a whole story. But when they won't give him, um, like, a, what do you immunity? call it? Immunity. Yeah, but they won't give him immunity. He turns around and gives up Daredevil's identity. As his ace in the hole. And that was the end of the arc. I think my right. favorite part of the entire arc was Vanessa Fisk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. How she, like, came out as equally ruthless or more so than, I guess, well, more so because of her blind husband. And she made a smooth transition into the new kingpin, you know, temporary or what. But I thought that was, I completely forgot about the Vanessa, uh, the wife portion and i was like yeah this when is uh when she tells his uh right hand man to kill her own son like yeah. that is 
That's where that I was, was cool. Without so much as batting <laughs> that an was eye cool. <laughs> Without so much as a second thought, she just said, kill him. Yeah. and I and, liked it. And this was, like, I don't remember the last Maliv anything that I, what was the last thing that Maliv did? Wonder, or, um, I don't remember. Scarlet? Did he do, he did an Illuminati one shot. Right. And then he did the Spider Woman, which I had no desire to read. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else. I think he did the Halo mini that was like really late. I'm trying to think of what he's done since Daredevil. I can't remember. Go back. Yeah, sad. Yeah. One of the things I loved reading about this, and it was very fun having followed Bendis' run from start to finish, is this was written back in 2002. And this was the last time, even through now, that Matt Murdock's life resembled anything quote-unquote normal. I mean, the events from here took him through Bendis' run for five years, Brubaker, and he's still recovering from that in Daredevil Reborn. Yeah. And it's fun to see things go okay for Matt, who, Jonesy, me and you have had this conversation. Matt has arguably one of the worst lives in okay, comics. Him and Peter Parker argue every year for the worst life possible. Exactly. <laughs> At least Parker gets a bone every now and then. I mean, uh, Ben sets up like a unique, probably the first time we see this as something new coming out from Daredevil. Because with... Born again and fall from grace. You know, you always see Daredevil go down on his luck and start from scratch, but then he remembers he's Daredevil and then somebody he loved dies. Like, it's. Usually in a six month it, it's story. It's cyclical. They yeah. do it over and over again. And Ben just kind of took the, the real crime angle where he sets up like a mini cycle of different people becoming the kingpin and that ending with Matt Murdock himself several arcs later becoming the, the kingpin in New York. And that was. It was something fresh, and I think that's what I really liked about it. It was something new for Daredevil. He introduced uh, Daredevil's new wife, Mila. Uh, that was good. He brought Typhoid Mary back. He brought Kingpin back. Like it's, He did a lot of things in the right way. That's why I always clamor for him to go back on the book. With one of the greatest covers of all time when he's sitting yeah. on that throne. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> when the, I think... I mean, if if you're looking to read a Daredevil story... like I haven't, I've never read much Daredevil. I'll admit that. Um, Daredevil aside, this is not a Daredevil story at all, and I think it right. was just as amazing, uh, even if it was just some indie publisher, indie book about the mob, it was that, I mean, it was, it was good, it was really good, and, uh, and I, I, my favorite part, I think, was when, uh, Sammy Silk is trying to call his dad. Yeah. After he, after he, he realizes he's in deep. Yeah, yeah. His dad just hangs up on him. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, this guy's a big talker, and then all of a sudden he just, he just pees himself, and he, he realizes <laughs> that he's not anybody, and, uh, and Vanessa Fisk is after your ass now. It's, uh, it was a really, really good read, and, uh, you can, you can kind of see where Bendis starts. It was a quick read, but it was six issues. I mean, that 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 arc was six months long, if you think about it. And that, so you can kind of see where he gets his gets it now. But it was, I mean, it was a really good, it was a really good read. You know, I, I took a screenshot of one of the panels that I really loved, and it was an interaction between Daredevil and Wilson um, when they first revealed that Daredevil's got a, a price on his head, or Matt Murdock, not Daredevil. Of course, Matt throws on the horns and goes out in the street to find who who sent the price. And people were telling him the kingpin. And there's a panel where he confronts the kingpin and his men in a parking garage. Yeah. And, you know, he beats the, the S at everybody. And, uh, of course, Wilson is blind. So he's like, who's there? Who's there? And then when Matt says, you know, kingpin, it's me, 
like he has a thought bubble that says it can't be him. He just got calm. It was, mm. you know, it made him calm to hear my voice again. So, yeah, like, yeah. that's their dynamic where they've been, like, begrudgingly, like, begrudging enemies that respect each other yeah. and kind of see themselves as both good and bad. Like, that was really touched on here, and that's not something that they did a lot in Daredevil before mm-hmm. that. I also like how much fun Bendis had playing with Matt's senses. Like, it's really interesting to hear or to read Matt's monologues mm-hmm. as he's interpreting or deciphering through his heightened other four senses that I don't think a lot of other writers really did well. It was the was it the first issue where there was an explosion and he's trying to focus through, you know, a sea of noises. Right. And I think he's like Peter he's, Frampton. He, yeah, he's no, playing the P- Peter Frampton song in his head to kind of. Get the rest of the junk out of his out of his head in order to concentrate. That was really cool. Um, the thing I guess I liked about it the most, and it's a style thing from Bendis's early work, is I think Bendis is one of the most talented writers when it comes to giving every character a distinct voice. And I never really understood that until I read this. Matt Murdock doesn't sound the same speaking wise or style wise or attitude wise as Foggy did, or each mobster felt a little bit different mm-hmm. from each yeah. person. And especially when you have some a character like Matt Murdock, who is, he's full of contradictions. He's got a lot of layers. He's a devout Catholic, and he dresses up at the devil at night. He believes wholeheartedly in the legal system, and he's a mass vigilante at night. So it was nice to see Bendis give this man such depth and such multi-layers. You know, to your point, that scene, uh, oh, drink, drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that scene where they're in the bullpen at Daily Bugle. Right and Jay Jonah and Ben York are are going off that you know this isn't Daredevil. Uh, I know. Is that, oh wait, was that Underboss? That, that, right, that was the next one. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry, I, I skipped ahead. I <laughs> way to go. But how about um when the scene when Ben Urich and Daredevil are talking in the rain and he's explaining stuff to him and he grabs the cigarettes out of his mouth while he's grabbing the cigarettes yeah. and they're still talking. He goes, no, this is cyclical for the mafia. Whenever the big boss looks vulnerable, somebody makes a play at him. Mm-hmm. And Matt's confused. He's like, why is, why, why is Daredevil or why is Kingpin vulnerable? Well, Matt, he's blind. Yeah. And he's visibly just paused like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's for other people. That's <laughs> That does hold other people up. Yeah. Like, no, that's a good moment. Yeah. So many good Malieve shots in the entire book. I remember I, I have the singles at home. Which I've completely forgot. Like I have a ton of like Captain America books that I don't even that I forgot I even own, and I have like the majority of Bendis's run at home, and I just completely forgot. And yeah, especially the uh, the silent issue or whatever it is. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that. everything right there. It's good. I mean, it was good. A good idea back in the day. Yeah, and well, not too many artists could pull that off now. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. But I, I like you said, it was a quick read. I read it all in one night in bed. I thought I was just gonna you know read an issue before bed and before I was before I knew it was like one a.m. and I was done. But great, just great uh, you know, it, it's it, it gives me hope for when um, you know Wade takes over with Marcos Martin and uh, that you know, Paolo Rivera. Uh, that uh, after reading Daredevil Reborn, I was ready to just give up Daredevil as a char- one of my favorite characters. I was done. I was through. Mm-hmm. Just like they announced Mark Wade back on the title, said, "All right, you got me back. All right, I'll, I'll pick up the next issue." That's the my favorite list. writer, Mark mm-hmm. Wade. It's a uh, yeah, justice. They have a Daredevil reborn book, like even existing, you know. And and you'd think if you know, Daredevil reborn book, I'm thinking of Daredevil, you know, with Frank Miller, and you know when he was first broken and destroyed, and I'm like, what is this? This is junk. Get this out of here. <laughs> well, they did the same thing. Um, 
the same exact plot was you. Oh, I mean, maybe not the same characters, but after uh, Born Again, where Daredevil, you know, rebuilds the brownstone and he's back, he decides he's not ready to be Daredevil, and he takes off on a bus to the Midwest to becomes like a like a Ronin, like a wandering samurai, mm-hmm. just solving people's hmm. you know problems. And it just feels so played out to have it happen again after yeah. Shadowland. Yeah. Well, it's weird because you have the characters, and Ben is like, you know, he tries to reinvent who, what the Daredevil character is or the title by blowing everything up. And it's hard to to top that. I mean, where do you go with those characters? You destroyed their status quo. You know, what, what could Mark Wade do where... Daredevil comes back. Is Foggy going to be there? He's going to become a lawyer again. I mean, what's but who will Matt Murdock be in that book? I think in the end, though, you want a writer who, one, after they do something like that and destroy the status quo, you don't want all the toys to be put back exactly where they were, like most writers do, because then you just feel ripped off. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you know where it's going, you know how they're going to be left off. And I remember reading an interview with Quesada back when Bendis started his run after he outed Matt, saying, "Yeah, I gave him permission to do that. The only caveat is." You're not going to do this and leave in three issues. You're going to do this and you're going to write till the end of the story. Yeah, I remember that. And it, I think it definitely paid off in hindsight. What was the? Did Brubaker take over when he was being tried? Brubaker took over, or what? After he was in prison, hey, uh, the last Bendis no. arc was the Murdoch yeah. tapes because uh, Kingpin allegedly had this quote-unquote mysterious tape that would prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that Matt Murdoch was Daredevil. So it was a race against the feds for Murdoch to get there with uh, the Black Widow and Elektra. But uh, Brubaker did take over when Matt was on Rikers. Right, because that issue ended with Fisk proving Murdoch was Daredevil, and they lock him up. And the first right. uh, arc, first issue when Brubaker's arc was uh, Matt in jail. Hmm. I'm interested to read those issues again to see. They're, they're good. Yeah. yeah, me too. They don't. They don't hold a candle to your Bendis Maleev. Well, you know what? You can't say it's that because Brew Baker is awesome. Brew Baker writes some of the best tight, you know, detective story arts arcs out there. I mean, you can't say a bad thing about it. Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys like Kevin Smith and Joe Quesada's opening arc, Guardian Devil? I haven't read that in years. Uh, I, don't I remember did. it. I did. Damn, Just did because? No, I didn't read it. That was the first time before Hush and before. Uh, old man Logan, that they took a lame character and made him menacing. Yeah, I think, uh, and, I, and I, I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Smith anymore, but I have to give credit where credit is due, and he was really the first one to do that by taking the Mysterio character and then really have him f up Daredevil's life. I mean, before that, he was just a guy with a fishbowl head, you know, throwing Wild West illusions at you. So, yeah, right. You know, like I said, not a Kevin Smith fan, but he did really start that in the genre. Anyone else have any uh, closing thoughts before we get into the letters for the for today's I'm episode? I'm excited for this segment because I've been Pick kept in the dark. Me too. There's a couple good ones. And you are giggling, so it's got to be good. Yeah, well, I blush. Assume Mark me. is a... Oh, see, there's a click. So that means we're in the letters. Second. Go, go, go. go, 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 the go. Ticker. Ever since the Nerdcast days. <laughs> Nerdcast online. So yeah, before you start, Mark, if anyone uh, wants to you know, email the show, send comments... Anything? Letters at paperkeg.com. Check it out. It's like the letters page. It's free. Comic. It's free. I mean, I don't charge for you to email. Get your ish ready. I do, however. <laughs> Give us your Twitter name. We'll read it on the air. Absolutely. Yeah, we will. And this one's coming from us from Fred L. Hey, guys. Love your shows, but I was wondering if you had a name or time picked out for the next podcast. Hope he's listening now. 
I am going to be pretty busy for the next six months and won't be able to listen to this version too often at all. Also, what would your thoughts be on adding an Asian guy to the mix? <laughs> hey Fred L. Equal opportunity, Fred L. I am, uh, I think we're on agreement we could add an Asian to the show. Hey, hey my wife says it half Asian and I love her. So. Is she your wife is? Yeah, she's Filipino. Fahabadine? What? My wife's yeah, half Chinese. And this is not breaking news. Next letter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, real quick though. Um, I didn't know that. We're now Paper Keg, and we're still talking about the next podcast schedule, but uh, at Slim, any ideas? Uh, not that we're going to record the second episode in a few minutes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, no, we have to wait and let it breathe. Uh, yeah, you know, the second episode, maybe weekly, bi-weekly, who knows, you know? Yeah. We're, you know, we'll see how it goes, and I look for great things from the great Brad Heitmeyer. Check him out at oh, yeah. on Twitter. He's going to be the artist of an artist. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'm sure once we get the schedule together, we'll... Posted on paperkeg.com. Yeah, and by the way, I love our new title. I mean, I, yeah. I, we haven't really been talking about it too much, but it's been under wraps. Yeah. It's been redacted. It's been redacted. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Matt this Bauer. is the premiere here. But no, I, I really dig it. It's something new, offbeat, and then, you know, when you go to search it, you're not going to get. People are going to remember weird it. hits. Yeah. No what? Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. It's not going to be a comic podcast, comics podcast, mm-hmm. comic podcasts. You know, <laughs> there's like 50 names for. A, I you know. know. You know what? It's the way comics were meant to be read. By hearing about them. Absolutely. There you go. I didn't see it. <laughs> Comics on the rocks. You're on fire right now. Hey. I'll remember go that on. for the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more. Um, this one's coming to us from Shannon. She says, Yo, fellas, I'm a girl who loves comics, and I'm just moved to the Philadelphia area. It seems all the guys around here who share the same love of comics as I do are consistently sweaty and covered in crumbs. You know, Mark is black and single. Hanging out the wrong crowd, Shannon. Hey, I'm not done. (laughs) At this point, I'd be willing to give someone a chance as long as their breath doesn't smell like the inside of a (laughs) 7-Eleven. Any advice? Mark, do you have any advice for her? I was going to go look at the recently married yeah. Jones and Love's beer. Yeah, He's saying my mouth uh, stinks like a 7-Eleven? No, no, no. Clearly, I'm doing something wrong and have no game since I'm sitting around with three married men and I'm the only single guy. No, no. Uh, I liked the, you know, as soon as Katie walked into my bedroom and saw the Batman statues, I had her uh, her. Hopes. You had her in the bag. Listen, Shannon, you just want a guy who's going to be himself. And if he loves comics, let him fly. Just make sure he has a stable job and, you know... Yeah, there's guys out there, Shannon, that, uh, I mean, come on. That shower regularly and love comics. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know where the heck you're looking, I mean, down the alleyways 75% of Philadelphia. 75% of paper keg is married. That's so true. That'd yeah. be doing something right. But don't forget, we have, uh, at Jam Stump, contributor yeah. to paperkeg.com. I believe he is single, ladies. Really? Hello. Uh, I don't know if at Jurassic Alien, Cameron, I'm not sure if he's single or not. If you, if you just move to Philly, I recommend, I mean, there's a lot of, like, nerdy, Kind of Twitter happenings like uh, Geekadelphia and things like that, and uh, they they're in, they're in cahoots with a lot of bars in the city. They put together a lot of nerdy events that I never get to go to because yeah. I live far far away. But uh, Geekadelphia, you said Geekadelphia, yeah. yeah okay. They and there's a National Mechanics is a bar in, in Center City, but uh, they do like you know they have the Academy of Natural Sciences. Uh, you know, come to the bar. They talk science. They talk nerds. They talk. Geeks and comics. Just make sure it's not hipsters, right? Because I would hate oh, to see Shannon. Get out of here. Shannon getting together with a hipster. I, I only want to think you about that. You know what? Um, it's going to bother me. There was a panel when we went up to New York Comic Con in October that was about social networking and meeting up and, and dating sites for comics. For people who were into that. comics. I'm going to have to look that up and throw it on the Paperkeg website. Paperkeg.com. Exactly. Hot yeah. site. Hot news site. Well, that was it. That was a. Uh, Thanks, Shannon. That was the first episode. Thank you, Shannon. 
Shannon. Fred Hill. Take us out, Jonesy. That <laughs> <laughs> was so funny, I just Mark. I just can't wait for Mark to uh, have the last word. I'm not going to say right. it. I'm not going to do it. Can we get the music? Yeah, See you guys. Thank you for tapping the paper keg and Nerdcast Homebrew, sponsored by Dino's Middle of Nowhere Pizza and the fake pony sales men and women of Cedarville, New Jersey. I'm Jonesy Glow's Beer, and this has been Paper Keg. Thank you, and good night. Drink! Is that still the last word? <laughs>